I'm Josh Sigmund, and I'm a mortgage lender. I'm also a geek for money, not just earning it and saving it, but literally everything about it. I love that money has rules. It has its truths. I love investment strategies, and I love making money work for us. For so many, money is emotional. For me, it's logical, like a puzzle. My passion is also helping others with their money. I love looking at people's finances, dissecting their puzzle, and rebuilding with strategy and purpose, and I'm really good at it. I'm making this podcast about my money strategies, not the things that are written in books or sold in programs. It's a podcast outlining the lessons I've learned and used for the past 15 years. These strategies help me and those who use them save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. Let me teach you how to build your net worth. You ready? Welcome to Sigmund Sense. Do I need an usher to? I mean, I don't want to fly solo. You look good with that. It covers more. It covers more of you. (laughs) Just joking. (laughs) You look beautiful. I mean, you know you're the brains and I'm the beauty, right? Clearly. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) And I'm shrinking every day, as you pointed out. Because you're Um, old. I am old. Six years younger. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sigmund Sense. And um, we've actually been working for a couple of months now behind the scenes before we started releasing these. Um, and we had a few of our friends and family kind of go back and look at the first few because we wanted to get it right. And some of the feedback we got from actually your brother yeah, uh, specifically was, okay, you know, you, you go through in the first episode about kind of a 25-year journey. Um as a 30,000 foot view. Yeah. Yeah. But specifically, I think, and what he suggested, which I agree with is, um, there's more people that are stuck in the, okay, I'm just getting out of debt to zero or at zero. And I, I have a couple of nickels rubbed together, but really that's that, you know, it doesn't feel like I'm doing well. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what do those kind of years look like or what should you be doing? What should you be focused on? Yeah. What are the first steps? Like, you know, now I'm, I'm debt free. And so now I'm earning money, and I'm saving it, but, but what, like, what do I do from there? What's a good yeah. strategy? I think that's the, and, well, and there's I, I think a long starts, gap. Yeah. And I, I think it starts even before then. I think that starts going back to the idea of you at some point make a choice. And I, I know in the mm-hmm. first episode I talked about how it's usually pain related. Usually it's um, not for everybody, but usually there's a life event, a, I got divorced and now, oh my God, I'm on my own. I got to figure this crap out. Or in my case, my, my, Parents just cut me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your brother's case, parents just cut cut them off, yeah. right? Um, it doesn't always have to be that because I think you know when I talk to a lot of my clients, a lot of people are just in that mindset of, "Well, I know I should be doing something. I yeah. should be working towards my retirement. I don't really know what that feels and looks and tastes like. Yes, but I should be doing better than I am. I should be doing better. Um, yes. And so you know, I, I think that the key word though is there's uh, overall there's a lack of strategy in those years. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to improve, right? I, I call it in coaching, falling forward. It's mm-hmm. um, it's constantly working on it, tr- creating a better game plan yes. and, and moving the needle. And uh, I'll just give some, you know, recent examples for like 2020. Okay. So get away from my childhood, get to 2020. Okay. Uh, many, 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 many of my clients, most of my clients have car payments. Yep. Okay. Most of them got car loans three and four and five years ago. Mm-hmm. Most of those rates are three, four and 5%. We were at historic low rates. Why yeah. haven't these people refinanced their car loans? 
If you can save even 50 bucks a month or a hundred bucks a month, you should do that because that 50 or a hundred bucks a month for 25 or 35 years matters. And you multiply that because of the lack of focus, the lack of strategy times, not just that, but allowing yourself to have that gym membership for 30 years that you never went to or once a month, or uh, you, um, you know, have that subscription online for a kid's video game that the kids stopped playing the the video game 10 years ago or two years ago. Yeah. But all those little things add up. And so it's the, how are we getting better this month? What am I going to improve this month, right? I think the other end end of it is I find, I feel like, uh, or I felt like I should say that, um, I remember this conversation. I go back to Ron, my first financial planner. And I, I remember sitting there and he told me, hey, you need to be saving, you know, a couple hundred bucks every month out of your, out of your paycheck. You need to siphon it over. So we need to work on your retirement account. I literally remember saying, what's a hundred bucks a month going to do? Right. Right. Like that's stupid. Like what's the point? You know, at the end of the year, I'll save 1200 bucks. At the end of year two, I'll have 2,500 bucks. Great. If I work 30 years, <laughs> I might have, well, yes, <laughs> at the end of 30 yeah. years, you'll be fine uh, because it's the habit and the strategy yeah. of savings. Um, and then you get a little hooked on it and now maybe you increase it to 200 bucks. Oh my gosh. I love that you say you get hooked on it yeah. because that is the conversation that I had at some point. It's, it becomes addicting. Yep. Winning is addicting. Winning is addicting. Yep. And so you're uh, you're gambling with your own money when you're investing, or you're you know whatever you tell yourself mm-hmm. to get the get that fire going. But it's interesting that you it's a you real thing. Hooked. It's yeah. a real thing. And I think it's you know uh, you're positively feeding your mindset and actions, yeah. or you're negatively. And I think a lot of us are trapped in the negative side. It's too hopeless. It, it's too hard to overcome. It's too much work. It's So let me ask you this. Do you think that there is any situation or any scenario that Mm -hmm. is in in overcomable? (laughs) That you're unable to overcome? Um, Yes. yes. You do? I do. Okay. Um, All right. Talk us through that. So you are 80 years old. You are no longer employable, not for age, but because of a disability perhaps. Okay. And you never saved ever. It's kind of too late. Kind so too I late. can't say That's that it's so extreme. though. Yeah. It, and I, but I'm just trying to be real about it too. Right. Yeah. So, um, for anyone that's working and has some time left in their working career, you know, 10 years or more, I think would be the, the best answer. Uh, I do think that even if you can't get it perfect, you can be way better off in retirement than what yeah. the average is looking at right now. Because again, even if you're in that same extreme equation of I'm 80, 85, I'm done working, I'm unemployable now for whatever reason, you know, I'm living off of a fixed income and there's no chance. Um, the truth of the matter is, well, what if we started at 75 while you were still working for those last five, the last five years, even if it was only quote unquote, the ability to save up 40 grand, 25 grand, well, that could be the difference of yeah. uh, getting a little bit better healthcare treatment. Oh, um, yeah. It could be the difference of staying at home in ho- home healthcare versus being forced into uh, in order to take advantage of, of some of the uh, you know the pitfalls of the of the system. Yeah. Being forced to go to a nursing home, right? So if if I had the choice, even if I was down to my last couple thousand bucks, I'd rather get in home care for a few years or Absolutely. a few months than go right from going to the hospital to a nursing home in order to get the benefits from Mm. Medicaid. Right. Right. So the point is it's never too late to improve your situation. So what about younger people then? Because that's... Well, younger people, it's crazy to think that it's too late. I think that avoiding it 
is is kind of like um, what would be a good analogy? There is think, a here, here's here's the analogy. Everyone has an oxygen tank and they're going scuba diving. Okay, and you're at two uh, at a hundred feet. I, I dive. Okay, so hundred feet for a normal scuba diver is the extent of which you you can go to if you're not an advanced diver. So you're at a hundred feet. You got very limited time in this with this oxygen. It will run out. It will run out. I'm anxiety just thinking about it. It's the truth. And so here you are and you've got 30 years left in your career or 40 years or 20 years left in your career and you're sucking on the oxygen, which is (laughs) living paycheck to paycheck and and increasing your debt, not working the debt. And what do you think is going to happen eventually? Eventually, you're going to pay the piper. Now, good news for scuba. You can just swim to the surface. Right. Rapidly, but you can swim to the surface, breathe out. Swim the surface. <laughs> My point, though, is is that it is an unavoidable conclusion. We all get old. Yeah. We all have peak earning years. We all have lower earning years. Avoiding it does not help. It it's the help. same thing with health, right? You look in the mirror, you're 250 pounds overweight. It's going to end badly and end sooner than it should. Yeah. It's going to end badly. And so... You know, does it feel like it's fun to get up and work on the treadmill when you're 250 pounds overweight? No. No. But shit, if you get an extra year of life with your family, is it worth it? I would argue for most of us, yeah, the answer is yes. for sure. Yeah. And so that's where you have to get that mindset, sh- mindset shift to anything better is still better. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And no, so, for sure. so, you know, your question I think is a real one. Okay. So now we're just back to even, you know, even is zero, 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 yep. meaning uh, my next paycheck will be my first paycheck that I have the ability to save a dollar. What should I be doing? Okay. Um, I am not a financial advisor. There's a disclaimer somewhere on this. I, I'll, rem- <laughs> I'll remind you of, uh, but the point is, is that starting to save early and often matters. I go into a lot of detail in a different episode about, um, you know, the, the couple steps to financial freedom. And, uh, so I'm not going to go into that level of detail. What I'm just going to focus on is what are some key things to do and not do. Yeah. Right. Uh, and what did it look like for you? Yeah, I think- I'll, I'll be more specific to my story because I think it, it relates. Um, my first answer was deferred gratification, deferred gratification, deferred yeah. gratification. My first answer was, uh, and I'll give my exact trigger. We were talking about this ahead of time. Um, when I was balancing credit cards, I had lots of credit card debt, um, a lot of credit card debt. And what I used to do is I'd, I, I'd move the balance from one credit card to the next yeah. within six months and I would have zero interest because of it. And I had, I think up to six or seven, maybe more than that at the time, that I was still <laughs> flipping and, and never having to pay the piper, just sucking <laughs> on that oxygen, right? And uh, one month I missed a payment. Well, and the second that done. triggered, you can't at that time change credit cards because the next credit card company says, nope, oh. credit scores just went down, not yeah. gonna take the risk, you cannot transfer the balance, right? Well, not only did that happened, but my zero interest automatically trips to, based on the terms and, and conditions, like 24%. Oh, oh my god! So I'm smart <laughs> enough, even though at that moment in my life, at probably age 21. I, you know, here's the thing. I think I would argue that that little strategy was pretty damn smart. <laughs> I mean, I just... There's a lot of smart people in prison, too. It doesn't mean that they make good yeah, choices. Yeah, but they get like... <laughs> it's like white-collar prison, though. You know what I mean? Right? That's not the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. Y'all just get, I, I feel like there's a lot of brain... I don't know if that's the argument. <laughs> I don't think it's an argument either, but can, I just... I've thought about this. What, can you imagine the kind of brainstorming that goes on among those people in prison? <laughs> 
And the white collar. It's the one thing you didn't think of, right? It's the one. Th- like I literally thought like, I'd never miss a payment. Of course it was going to work for me. I was just going to keep on flipping my. I missed my payment. It I'm happened. Like, Man, you put all those minds in one little secluded area for them to just brainstorm yep. away. Criminal university. That's why. The, that's C-U. why I like to go back a second C-U. time. That's C-U. right. You. Anyway. But yeah, so um, so again, I think that's where I was like, okay, this crap's not working anymore. I got to do something else. And so, you know, the it, um, without going into do too, too much detail about that, it's just every extra dollar that I earned went to debt reduction at the time. Um, I got super... Um, and that was at what point? I'm 21, 22, okay, 23. Okay, so still in, that's just, this was college days. Coming out of college, yeah, right okay. out of college. Um, you know, just, just focused on paying every extra dollar towards debt reduction every dollar because I didn't want to get married with debt. Now, here's a really funny thing. I thought it would take me longer to get out of debt. So when I told my <laughs> girlfriend at the time that I wasn't getting engaged another, to her another until, right. I was, I was not going to get engaged to her until I could buy, buy a diamond in cash. I'm thinking I bought myself 10 years, right? Uh, it not, did not, not take you, 10 the years. overachiever. No, it not did not. <laughs> uh, because you start seeing the whittle, right? You're yeah. whittling down, whittling down, whittling down. All of a sudden, one credit card's gone. You're like, crap, I can now double down on this well, other credit card and so on. And um, and it was just really a singular focus, so much so that, um, and we talk about this at different times over the next couple podcasts, but I, I think that people believe that you can't save. I think your words were you can't save I'm sorry, you can't spend anything while you're in savings mode. Yeah. Right? Well, which is not a true statement. Well, but. I, before we started working on our budget, it was the idea of saving was just not spending. The idea of saving was just not spending. Right. And I think that and a that lot sucks. of people think it's mutually exclusive and it's not. It goes back to the strategy word. Mm-hmm. It's how much am I allow myself to yes. spend this much? Yes. Uh, this month, uh, what is something that I really need versus I just want? Mm-hmm. And if I just want it, can I just wait another extra month or two or three before I get it yeah. to allow for a few extra months of debt reduction or savings, either one, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if I were to give a blanket statement, because every situation is a little different, I just think the easiest answer mentally is for every, uh, let's just say that uh, you bring in net household income, somebody listening, family household income, net 4,000 for easy numbers. Okay. 4,000 bucks a month incoming net deposits after taxes, okay? And let's say that that family re- requires uh, $3,000 to pay for everything, to pay for uh, food, housing, electric, electric bills, car payments, insurance, everything else. Kind of a normal scenario, right? And now there's $1,000 extra. Uh, but this family has $25,000 of debt. Again, very normal scenario. Um, what I think now having gone through it where I just spent every extra dollar towards that reduction, I put myself at risk because by doing that at the end of every month, I still had zero. So I didn't have really that cushion that I talk about okay. of creating a survival, uh, a float account in the event of emergency. I just got lucky that while I was in extreme debt reduction mode, yeah, that I Nothing didn't happened. have an emergency. Nothing happened. That was yeah. it. And that doesn't happen for everybody. There's 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 kids that get sick, let alone. So were you working? You know, had, were you professionally working or was I this... had started a job uh in insurance. I'm commission only, just starting out, barely paying the bills, to be completely honest. Um early on, you know, you can think about if you're in insurance sales and you're literally cold calling. Right. Uh, my first three minutes of income might have been nothing. I mean nothing. Uh first couple of months and then six months into it, I might have been making twenty five hundred to three thousand a month. Um two years later I was doing well. You know, I'd gotten up over sixty. 
Um, but, so was the reason that you did well mm -hmm. tied to money? Fear. Fear. Yeah. I, I okay. mean, not everyone's wired the way I am. I'm a commission guy, right? So right. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. So I'm not afraid of making nothing. I, uh, I'm more driven for, at the time though, I was, I was afraid of going backwards in debt. So, so the motivation early on was very, it was such a, uh, it was such a scary thought to have made progress. Yes. That's, you, a, that's a better you, word. You've said that before. Yeah. It was a stranglehold. Yeah. And it is for a whole, whole, whole lot of people. Um, and I get that. And that was enough for me to get up and do extra things. Now let's, let's take a sidestep advice I would give to my kid Yeah. in the same situation. So let's go back to those two things. The first is I would take, so that example, I didn't finish up 4,000 income, 3,000 living expenses, thousand bucks left over, but $25,000 in debt. Okay? Okay. okay. I would take $500 a month towards debt reduction. That would be my advice. And $500 a month towards savings. Got it. So you'd split it. I would start setting that up early on. I would start not everything to debt again, so I can create that cushion, but I've yeah. got to address the issue because I'm sucking on the oxygen at the same time, right? Yes. The second thing that a lot of people do these days, but not everyone's willing to do it because God forbid we have to work in America, um, <laughs> side hustles, get right? It, I'll just it, tell yeah. you a, a true story. I've got a older gentleman at my company. Uh, I won't say his name. Older gentleman at my company. He's a senior underwriter position. Uh, guy makes a lot of money. He's a six-figure earner. Yeah. And um, some of the other loan officers from our company were flying in for a president retreat. And one of them got picked up by the Uber driver the Uber driver the happened to be our head underwriter who go. makes six figures. So I was super like confused by this. And I had to ask, I was like, Hey dude, like you're an Uber you driver on the side. And he's like, well, yeah, like I can go home and watch TV or I can make a couple, a couple extra bucks every month. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. And the truth of the matter is that's a working generation mindset. It's like, yeah. I'm not going to just sit around and, and, and drink beer in the backyard every day. Um, you know, so I'm not saying go work for Uber, but what I'm saying is that a lot of young people these days are finding ways to make a little bit extra cash well, because like, yeah. even if it's only 200 bucks a month, it makes a huge difference. It's a huge difference over time, which goes back to the strategy and the mindset of, I just want to get a little bit better in both areas. The two yeah. areas are debt reduction and savings yeah. or earnings versus expenses, right? Just yeah, a little bit better. Absolutely. Or the idea of offsetting your personal family budget, if you have one, yeah. right? So a side hustle is a great way to never have to dip in to the personal family budget yep. for the things that you don't need, need, yep. right? You know, it's the things that are fun and that you want just a way to sidestep yep. it, you know? You know, it's really funny that you said that. It makes me think of a couple of people. Like, there's another girl on our team that I won't say her name, uh, but she's awesome. And um, <laughs> she's not married. She has no kids. Her expenses are extremely low. She's got money in the bank. And she has to eat every day. Imagine that, yeah, right? right. Her, she Shabby. has to eat like we all do. Yeah. So what she figured out is, heck, she'll tell a few friends because she's a good cook and she enjoys it. So going back to doing some stuff that you enjoy doing anyways, what she does is she meal preps for the entire week, makes meals for several people that work at our company and some of our referring partners. And the money that she earns from that pays for all of her food for every week. That's it, literally an offset right? of an entire 
and it's she's line gonna item. cook anyways. And what she I asked her, I was like, is this taking a lot of time? Like, is this a good use of your time? Are you sure you want to do this? And she said, listen, you, when you buy strawberries, you don't buy the four for your salad. You buy <laughs> right. 40 for your, you know, in the box. Absolutely. And so why wouldn't I make 10 meals with that one box of strawberries? And, you know, when you get salads and you buy it in a bag, salads are for four people usually. Yep. So, and I need to eat for one person. And so I've got three other salads I can sell to other people, which yeah. will more than pay for the salad, right? Yeah. Uh, or whatever she's dealing with, soups and salads. I think is what her specialty is, just if you're curious. Soups. Um, soups are good. Girl. Like, <laughs> that girl and her soups. Yeah. I told her, I'm like, just only do soups. That's it. Literally. But um, but yeah, so so now we're now we're working, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm starting to increase my income. You know, I, I, I've got my first real professional job. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got limited benefits, but I do have benefits. So I've got a little bit more of a safety net now, um, uh, meaning I'm age 22, 23. I'm a banker's life and casualty. Um, which is an insurance company. Um, one of the cool perks about some companies is you get to go on trips occasionally. If you had sales, you know, at least for sales, like you go on sales trips. So I didn't pay yeah. for my vacations, which was a big thing. Nice, yeah. One thing I used to do uh, makes me brings me back. It's an interesting point. Uh, I had earmark whatever. I I kind of compute what it would have cost me to go on that vacation that the company was paying for. I literally write a check to savings. Oh yeah, for Gosh. what I would have spent anyways. So that's like it's extreme a, discipline. It was weird. Um, it's but amazing. It worked, but it it's worked, amazing. Right. My brother and I talked about that yesterday. Really? Yes. Which aspect? That exactly. Like um, if you are, if you get more money or you get a gift of some kind, like don't just not pay that money and, and spend it, mm -hmm. put it away in a savings account. Like, do something with it. Do something with it. To build your net worth. To yep. build it. Yeah. So not ignoring yep. really obvious gifts. Yes, it's a gift, but how do you like leverage that? Yep. And well, there's a great book that I, I think that I read this book right about this time. Um, it might date me a little bit, but one of the earliest uh, investing type books I read was uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a Robert Kiyosaki book. Yeah. And he's got a whole series. I'm not getting paid by him to say this. That one affected my life in a lot of ways. I've heard it's really yeah, good. Um, the whole idea, one of the basic premise of the book, I'm going to give you the short things I remember from 15, 20 years ago. But um, one of the things that stood out in my mind is whenever you want to buy a liability, so think about like you want to buy a car. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is flipping forward a little bit, but you want to buy a liability of any kind, buy an asset, which dividends would pay for that liability, right? So what I mean by that is... Um, if you are gonna have a car payment of 300 bucks a month, don't go buy the car, go buy an investment property that the cash flow uh, is 300 bucks a month. Okay. So the cash flow of that investment property pays for the car, <laughs> right? Um, but it's it's kind of an interesting concept. I remember that from years and years. And, yeah, it's years coaches. and years and years ago, but and I didn't have the money for down payments. I couldn't qualify for a mortgage at the time anyways. That's not the point. But I started feeding my mind and mindset with strategies that I want to employ at some point, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I think that's a big piece of it is that's about the time like Susie Orman had all sorts of books coming out back in, in, in those mm -hmm. years and I would dissect them and read them and as boring as they were, it's just back to, I don't know what I don't know. And yeah. so I was seeking out the information that I could find um, to improve a little bit in, each, in, in all these different areas. Was the goal to become uber wealthy? <laughs> no. Um, and I'll tell you why, because I defined wealth as making a dollar more than my dad. 
but I never asked my dad what he made. Oh, so it was just a... So I kind of thought that my dad might have made six figures because he was a doctor. Yeah. So I thought he made like a hundred thousand bucks um, <laughs> because you don't know what you don't know. I didn't know what, what doctors to, made. To, to be and, clear, and, his dad operates on fetuses. We'll stop there. Yes. <laughs> uh, he's like one and yeah. three. <laughs> There's a few more than that, but he's he does high risk. Hundred grand. Yeah, yeah, I thought I made a hundred thousand at the time, um, but the point of it is, is that like that was my definition of success. Most of yeah. us think that the definition yeah. of success is making a little more than your parents because you don't know what that is to be bigger than that or more than that, right? Um, so no, I just I think my primary motivator was I did not like how I felt being in debt. So that's the primary until I was out of debt. So now now I'm out of debt. I still have the disciplines now I created by paying down debt quickly. I think it took me two years, yeah. two years to pay off all my debt. I think it was right at two years. Um, fast. It was very fast, but I, uh, you know, I've talked about in different episodes, I ate tuna fish from a can for three years. <laughs> you know, I was pretty extreme. Don't do that. It's not healthy for you. Um, you and, lose a lot of weight, yeah. but, but don't do that. Um, but I, but you just pour in and pour in and pour in and pour in. Yeah. It was a discipline. So after that happens, whatever the discipline was, how, however stringent you were, whatever your circumstances allow, once you are out of debt, the urge that you fight to go buy something now is overwhelming. Yeah. And you have to fight that. And I will tell this over and over and over again. The reason why I got wealthy is what I didn't buy for the next 10 years. What you did not buy. What I did not buy for the next 10 years is why I'm wealthy. And it's because I just kept on looking at it as, well, I've got all this extra money. Well, at the same time, my earnings kept on increasing. As I got promoted, changed jobs, whatever, took some risks. And I'll go into that in a different episode about um, some real estate investments and things like that that I took some risks on. We'll also do in a different episode upcoming soon, uh, how much money I've lost with bad choices. I literally can't Which wait to people hear. only hear about the good stuff. You <laughs> right? know, you, you pay off every debt and you save lots of money. Let yeah. me tell you, I've also lost about three quarters of a million in uh, early on when I shouldn't have on bad choices too. So I, I'll explain yeah. that as well. Um, but now I've got this, this cushion of money that's over and above. So go back to that same 4,000 net, 3,000 spending, thousand dollars left over well in that equation there's a thousand left over a month to save right as long as you don't go buy more crap as long right. as you don't charge up your credit card there's a thousand dollars more a month every single month so i think it was 30 or 60 days after i got out of debt i bought the diamond ring for my wifey there you right? go um and 15 years later here we still are right so um she didn't have to wait 10 years to get married and it worked out. I'm really happy. And I got she's a hottie though. She wouldn't have been around for long. I mean, you had oh, to. That's the truth. There is motivation. That's the truth. To she had options. <laughs> she, I had to lock that down. There's a song. Where, where they put a ring down. on it. Uh, lock that down. Yeah, lock that down. Um, yeah. Smart choice. <laughs> but uh, so yeah. So now, what word do you save? How do you do that? Um, to, I can't tell you how many clients I look at that do it all on their own. Like they they, they don't seek advice. They mm-hmm. buy stocks. They play day trader. They buy gold, they uh, sell. I had a friend from college who bought and sold baseball cards for 10 years after college, that and, uh, and Super Bowl tickets. Um, All right. Or not, you, you, right? You don't advise that. I don't advise that uh, unless you're really, 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 really good at it, which takes all your time, energy, and effort. 
Um, he turned out as a good, good dude and he's fine. I actually ran across him about a year ago, but, uh, my point in saying this is that, um, that, that strategy and discipline of, okay, now I need to get ahead usually requires expert advice, right? Okay. So, okay. So now we've got some like, money. So like what, at what point, what, what dollar amount do you need? I love need? that question. Um, cause I feel like there's intimidation that comes yeah. with going to a financial planner and it's like, That's I don't want to be point. embarrassed. I don't want them to think, you know, yep. whatever. So at yep. what point do you fill up that first funnel? Yep. I love it. Pour it into another I one? love it. Uh, today is the best answer. Okay. Today. Like even if you're not ready to start, it's better to know what steps need to happen before you can start than to guess and be three years late to the right, game, right. right? So I, I, a good example is in mortgages. Um, people, for whatever reason, wait uh, quite often. They will call me after there's a house under contract that they're supposed to close on in 30 days, <laughs> right? <laughs> and a lot of them qualify and they knew it. And a whole lot Praise Jesus. didn't, or they yeah. had something randomly happen to their credit three months ago that they could have fixed three months ago, which would have gotten them a better interest rate today, but we don't have any time to fix it, right? right. So I would have rather them called me six months ago, mm-hmm. even if they weren't going to buy their lease wasn't going to be up for six months, I'd rather them call me six months ago so I can take a look at the credit, say, hey, you're kosher, you're good to go, or hey, dude, we can improve your credit scores by 20 points in the next three months. Yeah which will be the difference of a better rate or better closing costs. It's the same thing with uh, debt reduction. It's the same thing with your with a, uh, dealing with a CPA. It's the same thing, in my opinion, with dealing with a financial planner. Mm-hmm. Like, go get expert advice. Most all uh, finan- uh, financial professionals will give you a meeting, a first meeting for free. Right. If yeah, they're a normal human, <laughs> they will help you with at least one free meeting. Right. So start there and think, well, crap, I can get a free education. Start there. So you might talk to two or three Mm -hmm. if that's important to you um, to find the right fit. Find out who's got a book of business that can help you and can cater to you based on whatever. But, you know, starting with saving 50 bucks a month with a financial planner, there are plenty of financial planners that will literally start with a 50 or 100 dollars savings plan that goes to an IRA as a starting point. And I think as far as the judgment goes, there just is none. Like to see somebody save $50 a month, mm-hmm. that is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. When we hear because about- Because it's the top 10% of the nation. Yes. Top and 10. If you just start saving something every month, something, it's top 10%. Yes. It just makes, it, I equate it to when people, you know, call and ask for advice about marketing and they send me something that they just, they just yep. created their first mailer. They just created their first social media campaign. It, literally makes me the most yep. happy, you know? So that. whatever, however small it is, it's just such a big deal. I love that. Um, I, I, I'm going to write a book at some point that's going to be titled what I wish I, uh, what I wish my parents had told me because I, I want to give it to my it. kids or at least talk through this. Um, another thing about what I would do, what I would do differently if I was my own kids in the same situation. And this applies to people that um, are pretty sure they're going to be in the same city Okay. With a relatively stable job already, right? So think, uh, think teacher, uh, think somebody that's that got hired on. They're probably gonna, unless they commit a felony, they're probably gonna keep that job for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would for sure recommend buying a property earlier, mm. right? And the last ten years, the average age of first-time home buyer has gone to over thirty. Yeah. Right. So. Yes. 
In the last 10 years, it's been later and later and later in life because people are staying at home longer, living with parents longer, which was isn't a bad idea because it's less expenses is a thought process. Well, what I would tell my kids is you be that for your friends. You be dad for your friends. So you go buy the house and you that. rent out three rooms. Yes. Let your friends pay for your house, which is an asset building, wealth building tool. Would your friends choose to live with their parents or with you, or with you. for 500 bucks a month? It's cheaper all than day all long. day long, right? That's uh, I'm great si- advice. I love that. Well, I, and I'm even trying to apply it towards college. Like if my kids turn out somewhat normal and if they choose to go to college, <laughs> meaning I can trust them, not like I hope they're, they have they're a good time, but <laughs> if they're party animals, I don't want this to be the case, right? But normal. if they're somewhat normal <laughs> and, um, and, and if they choose to go to college, I would want to help them buy a, a, a yeah. house be, um, because dorm costs are expensive. And if they can learn to manage a property, have some friends that are decent friends, live with them, have rules around you the house. Really great high, you do remember your college days. Right? I have I have three kids, so I figure one of them will get it well, right. You got a ringer in there somewhere. One's going to really impress me. One's going to really disappoint me. I'm sure of it. Um, you know, I've got two girls. I've got a lot of worrying to do. So fun to think and my about. My boy will probably give me more hairs. I know. I get it. But so that's something that but my point is, is like, so invest uh, in real estate quicker. Is invest it- in real estate quicker because for savings and it's an appreciating asset. Again, assuming that you've got a stable job, you're not going to be job hopping anytime soon. And also that you like the city that you're in. Because I also understand a lot of people want to, in their early 20s want to travel the world. Um, not everyone can qualify that age either. You got to remember you got to build credit. Well, in true. fact, my first mortgage, uh, I shouldn't even say that. The first house that I own, <laughs> that I still own as a rental property, uh, my lender denied me Boom. a couple days beforehand. Denied. My, my now wife at the time girlfriend Who is had the one a beautifully stable job as a teacher, as a teacher, bought yep. the house and then said boyfriend had to rent from They're like, the girlfriend. Cool guy, salesman, selling yep. insurance. Yeah, yep. I was, I was, uh, funny. It, was it was embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's something my wife can hold over my head forever. So <laughs> God bless you, Christy. I love you to death. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's one of those things that I would I would say at that time we started to do. You know, we we also didn't buy an extreme. You know, we bought a little first time right. homebuyer, um, little tiny house in Shirts, Texas. If yeah. you look on the map, it's on the outskirts of San Antonio. Yeah. Um, I think my well, I know my first payment was six sixty four. That right? is good. So and ten uh, percent down, six sixty four payment was go. on a tiny little house in the middle of nowhere at the time in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. Um, so well, you think, so now somebody comes to you mm-hmm. um, as a mortgage mm-hmm. loan officer and says, we want to buy an investment property. Mm-hmm. Would you, and would you look at their financial situation and advise them to do it or to not do it? I think it totally depends on the situation. Okay. Uh, I think every, again, income goals, but that's a conversation life. you would have with them. Oh, hundred percent. And it's something you should talk about with some professional. If it's not me, somebody, um, some other advice uh, ideas around this, Another thing that I, I uh, one of our uh, employees did that I thought was super smart was again young guy out of UTSA, um, what got engaged. What they did is they went and bu- uh, bought a duplex. Okay. So they moved into one side of the duplex and rented out the other side of the duplex. They didn't okay. care who their neighbor was. They yeah. just wanted to be smart with their money and live for free. So at least. 10, 11 months of the year, yeah. except for the rotation or every once in a while, you got to fix the house. I get that. 
the other household was paying enough to cover like 90% of their mortgage. Wow. So they're living on nothing and all going towards savings and wedding at the time. So I'm hearing um, like a ton of leverage opportunities. Yeah, it's just, it, those are some things that I'd want my kids to do early on as, as an example. So going back to um, what was happening with me, um, I got super addicted to savings and every time I got a raise or earned more money, mm-hmm. what didn't change was my lifestyle. I love that. What didn't change was my lifestyle. I didn't get the next phone. I didn't get a nicer car. I drove that damn Ford Exploder till it was quarter million miles almost, 240,000 miles if I remember correctly. Um, and that's what I, happens. And this is, yeah. this, is, this is exactly what happens. You make more money and you money buys you um, opportunity. It buys you, um, what's the word? Convenience. So mm-hmm. you take the maid from a month Every once a month to once a week, yep. you take the yard guy from once a month to once a week. You up the subscriptions, all of those things. Shop more often. You, you buy clothes more often. You buy absolutely nicer clothes. You buy and a nicer car. The problem is, that, like, if that money ever changes, you are so screwed. Mm-hmm. You're screwed, and so people back- adjust up their lifestyle quickly. Never adjust down. They adjust down slowly until it's mandatory. Yes. And then they changed because they got yeah. they were bankrupt. Like I am in the middle of feeling this. So I just told Randy, I'm like, the maid coming in once every two weeks is just not enough. We have got to go to every nine days. I am in the middle of that physical feeling yep. of here we go. You earn it. You deserve it. Well, I should do absolutely. it. And that. I yep. can justify anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the middle of debating, like, am I just justifying it or... Is it really a good swap of time, right? right? right. So, but being incredibly aware of those situations and those decisions that you're making is a good first step. Yep. You should not go into them and never feel it. Yep. You should. Uh, I'll tell you something that occurred to me now, which is this might be a good uh, good idea. Actually, it is going to be a good idea. (laughs) The more I think about this, like I need to tell my kids kids this immediately. I interviewed a few billionaires last year, like with a B billionaires. So just curious, like, okay, you guys are way, way, way wealthier than me. There was one, there was a several commonalities, but there was one commonality that stuck out to me that I've mm-hmm. since started to implement. Uh, all, most of these billionaires had a no guy as in N-O, no. So I you think about it. what do billionaires, like, why do they have to be told no ever? Like they in theory can afford whatever. Whatever. So down to investments too, right? Like some of these guys have guys whose only job is to talk them out of an investment opportunity. I right? love it. It's this. a no guy. So literally yes. I sat down with my buddy Will um, last month for lunch. And I said, you're smart. You're a business person. Yeah. You get it. You know what my goals are. From now on, any investment of greater than, I gave a specific number, mm-hmm. any investment of greater than this number, I want you to review it. And if you say no, I will not do it. So they don't have to say no. They don't have, they don't have to say no. They're, but their job is to... Um, there, have a I'm trying very to remember. critical yeah. eye. There's a, um, I think it's so called it's the 12th. I think it's called the 12th man. It's the voice of reason. Right. There's a, some useless knowledge here, but I believe it's the Mossad. And I think it's 12 men, not like Texas A&M 12th man, but the 12th man. Let me tell you this. It's super interesting. So uh, in history, Israel got destroyed almost by a couple neighbors too often. Right. So you go back to the 40s. Uh, Israel becomes its own uh, own country. They're surrounded by enemies forever, right? Like sworn enemies forever, effectively. 
And, um, and, but they're, they're doing well. They create allies with, with different countries, including, including the United States. Um, there's good di- diplomacy happening in the fifties and sixties. And yet again and again and again, they get caught by surprise and are literally almost overrun by not one, but multiple borders mm. of, of countries. Right. So what, the Mossad did, I believe, is what it is, is they create something called the 12th man. If this is not exactly right, it's damn close. So feel free to correct me and text me and let, let me know. But what they did is they they basically had this, the top 11 smartest guys that are, are um, the, the top secret service. Mossad's the secret service, basically, okay. right? For Israel. They created a 12th position. Only job is anytime these 11 guys agree they have to. The 12th guy has to like investigate and go behind the scenes and find out wow. what am I not seeing? Yeah. Because somehow we almost got destroyed with the multiple right. wars. <laughs> yes. Um, because everyone agreed that we were just fine and dandy and safe. Yeah. And that's that concept of what's the what's the no guy in your life, right? Yeah. No girl in your life. So and you do need someone that like doesn't agree be. with that agrees with everything you say. Dude, I've got a coaching student right now um that he I, we had this conversation. He has to text me anytime he's going to spend more than 300 bucks for permission. Dang. Now, he texted me for, he texted us very seriously. He broke a tooth. He's got to get a replacement. It's going to be like 2,300 bucks. Is my <laughs> answer yes or no? Please tell him no. Just of for Of course a, just I for said a, yes. Just no, for I didn't want to panic that him. That is hilarious. You're so mean. You're so mean. But that is unmarketable. The, but the point is, right, <laughs> what's really super interesting about that is he, allowed himself to be told no yes and he followed through with because this person is probably a very large earner yeah he's a six-figure earner for sure okay like um and and he's asking permission can i get my tooth fixed right (laughs) but that's what we have to change and that's what we gotta look for is okay just because i can doesn't mean i should Mm -hmm. and um and i think that's a some some good advice for that period of time because should i buy a bigger house should i go ahead and get a lease or should I buy a car or should I just stay in my car? Should I fix this engine or should I screw the car and go buy a brand new one? Brand new should one, baby. I, get it. Should I, should I, should I? Yeah. And if you don't have that dialogue, then what we're always going to do is what's most convenient, what we like or what's easiest. And what feels good. What feels good, right. What we like. Yeah. What feels good. Um, Okay. So yeah, so now Okay, so yeah. I am hearing deferred gratification is sure. pretty much at the root of every single conversation we have. Yep. It's deferred gratification. Yep. Um hold your horses, wait, you don't need it today, you've got what works, all those things. Yep. Second thing is leverage in ways that you may not I mean creative leverage. I mean, the mm-hmm. examples you gave were awesome with the side hustles with the duplex, with buying refinancing, a house. Refinance your car that's not been car. looked at. So leverage. Um, the third one is use coaches and mentors and Absolutely. finding a no Seek person. professional help sooner. Yes. Get help. Get help. Yep. Get that help. Um, what am I missing? Strategy. And in, in finding a strategy. Yeah. Like the strategy of, I don't care what it is. I care that you have one, right? The strategy of, my advice would be 50% towards debt reduction, 50% yes. towards savings. It makes you not have to think about it. It's just 50% of what you have left over. The strategy of cut up your credit cards. Don't leave them open and active if you've not been able to manage them forever. The strategy yes. of uh, I'm going to start stocking away $100 a month to my mm-hmm. IRA. 
Yeah. Pick a strategy. And then the last piece that I would also put on your short list, which I love your list, would be just get better. A little just bit better, better every month is better. Better is better. It's never too late to be better. It is. Yeah. And, and that the alternative is you've got an oxygen tank mm-hmm. that we can keep looking away and pretend like it's going to have oxygen forever. It is diminishing. It's diminishing quickly and failure to handle it ends badly no matter which way we look at it. And uh, the last thing I'll say is do it long enough to get that response, get that the endorphins released to see how good it feels and what it can do because that's going to be the motivator to keep going. Yep. And it's really hard. It's just like working out. It's just like eating right. All the crap we have to do, but it, it yields us a better life. It actually yields us more freedom. Um, And so just do it long enough. I love that you said that. There's a million and one books about habits. I'm not going to quote the right book, but I'll tell you there's a Chinese proverb I remember that sticks in my mind. And it talks about there's an old man and a young man that walk out out into a field. And the old man looks at the young man and says, hey, pull that flower out of the ground. Mm -hmm. And he pulls the flower out of the ground. And they keep walking a little further. And he's like, hey, uh, go ahead and pull that bush out of the ground. And the kid struggles for a little bit, but then he's able to pull the bush out of the ground. And then he keeps on walking and there's this oak tree, big old oak tree. And the, ki- and the old man's like, hey, pull the oak tree out of the ground. It's hard as shit to get out. Not going to do it. Yeah. And what the analogy is, is to habits. The longer yes. the habits in place, the more and bigger and deeper the roots are, the longer you have to work on it, the more energy and effort you're going to have to put into it mm-hmm. to get rid of it. And so what you said there at the end, as far as, just stick with it. Just stick with if it. If there's yeah. a point, I promise you, with everybody, it does get better. It does get better. It, it's just you gotta see it through. Mm-hmm. Um, you will make mistakes. Oh yes. Yeah. Rinse, wash, repeat. Mm-hmm. Be better tomorrow. You'll make another mm-hmm. mistake. Mm-hmm. Rinse, wash, repeat. Do it tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. Any final thoughts? No, I just I think it. I love it. I think it was cool good. Beans. I think we gave some good tactical information. To- yeah. Well, stay tuned because we're going to go into a lot more depth yeah. in some of these areas. Um, I've been finally talked into sharing all my worst moments and my, my worst investments as well. So I, I can't will, wait. You know, it's a, coming to an episode near you. Um, I, I will share it. some of those bad choices I make. So hopefully you don't step on the same, la- uh, same landmine. Awesome. And then I'll talk about uh, a few of the good ones I made early on because I do think some of those early on ones were the ones that really got me yes. uh, some critical mass that really paid off in, in oh the long run. Oh my gosh, I think that's hugely important. I think people are going to be excited to hear those. So if you like what we're saying, make sure you like it, subscribe it, tell your friends. Nope. Let's be rich together. And that's Sigmund Sense. Sigmund Sense. <laughs> Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm Josh Sigmund, and I'm a mortgage lender. I'm also a geek for money, not just earning it and saving it, but literally everything about it. I love that money has rules. It has its truths. I love investment strategies, and I love making money work for us. For so many, money is emotional. For me, it's logical, like a puzzle. My passion is also helping others with their money. I love looking at people's finances, dissecting their puzzle, and rebuilding with strategy and purpose, and I'm really good at it. I'm making this podcast about my money strategies, not the things that are written in books or sold in programs. It's a podcast outlining the lessons I've learned and used for the past 15 years. These strategies help me and those who use them save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. Let me teach you how to build your net worth. You ready? Welcome to Sigmund Sense.